I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Welcome Songtown. I'm here today with my co-host Marty Dotson. And we're going to talk. <laughs> you want to say something, Marty? Woohoo! <laughs> no, I just wanted to bark. <laughs> I heard you barking <laughs> over there. Um, <laughs> we want to talk about some long-term challenges to being a songwriter, a successful songwriter, some of, some of the things you need to do to, to stay successful. And you might be asking, if you're not if you're an aspiring songwriter and you haven't been having hits, why do I need to know how to stay successful? And I'm so glad you're thinking that because what we're going to talk about today are not just things that keep writers being successful once they're successful, but a lot of these things are also going to be things that help you become successful by planting the right habits. And then once you have a little taste of success, you can hit it full stride and increase your chances for longevity. Yeah. I had someone tell me one time, the time to learn how to be successful is when you're not successful. Yes. And, and he, and his point was, you know, by the time you're successful, you need to know how to handle it. You need to know how to, to keep it going. You need to know all those things. And so the time to prepare yourself is, is ahead of time. That's what we're going to just talk about is some of these are kind of actions and some of these are mindset sort of things but they're all things that can help you maintain success once it starts to come and it can also help you um, become successful in the first place. So number one on our list is staying relevant. I think that's a challenge that we've seen, Clay and I've seen many, many times over the years because we've each written for 25 years or more that people get into a groove of doing a thing and that thing's really popular and they're really being successful. And all of a sudden that thing goes away and they're like, "Uh Oh, you know, what, do, what do I do now? I've, I put all my eggs into that one basket. Uh, I saw that happen with a guy with Western swing. He was writing that like crazy succeeding, getting a bunch of George Strait cuts on that stuff. And then that went away and, and he's had some challenges um, staying relevant. Clay, how are, what are some ways you stay relevant? Man, I think for me personally is just staying on top of new music that comes out. And I don't focus a lot on, you know, I practice active listening and in what I call inspired listening, where I'm not focused on what I don't like. I don't even think about kind of what I don't like. I pretty much listen to music I enjoy that comes out that's new. If I find an album that I enjoy, I listen to it. And I try to pull out some techniques that I can use in my own songwriting. So if I hear a new Coldplay record or a new Taylor Swift record or a new Morgan Wallen record, I'm going, oh, cool. I love what they did here. I want to try this technique. And I immediately put it into the next song I'm writing. I don't wait and just let it percolate in the back of my mind. You know, if I hear a new technique, I'm like, okay, I want to try that. And I think that way you're, you're building your tools, you're staying inspired because I'm excited about trying something new. You know, if I'm still leaning on what I learned back in 1983, when I memorized all the songs on that James Taylor record, man, is my writing today going to be boring? So yeah. I think it keeps you inspired by constantly learning and 
even teaching our classes that we do at Songtown, I'm constantly learning so that I have new techniques to teach in the class, you know, and that, so yeah. it's a, it's a cycle of me listening, putting it into my own writing. And then once I've mastered it, I'm able to teach those things to other people. Absolutely. You know, and I think another key to being relevant is you got to listen to what's going on in the genre you're writing. You know, we, we run into people all the time. They're like, well, I hate what's going on on pop radio. I'm like, well, okay, what are you writing? Pop. Yeah. And I was like, well, what are you trying to do? Well, get it on the radio. But I don't listen to that because I just hate that stuff. You know, so I haven't listened to pop radio in a year and a half. I go, well, and you don't know what's going on. You, you know, you have to pay attention to the market and what's going on. And, and it's going to be a struggle if you don't like the genre. You know, if, if you don't like what's going in, on in the genre you're trying to write, it's going to be an uphill battle. So, you know, I think it's really important to stay current and listen to what's happening and, and break down those things like Clay was talking about, see why they're succeeding. Yeah. You know how, before you get to number two, there's a lot of, I hear all the time or I see Facebook posts or Instagram where people are going, well, that's not real country music or, you know, that's not real rock music. What are they doing? And you and I've been writing a long time. I've heard this argument since I was a kid, like people, <laughs> yeah. People stuck in, with that argument, they're not saying anything new. You know, you can go yeah. back in the history of, of country music. When Willie Nelson came out, they were going, well, that's not real country. He, he's singing a jazz standard song. Or Chet Atkins put strings, orchestra strings on a country record, and you would have thought he committed a murder. Like, it, you know, it's like yeah. th this has been going on for years. So if you're stuck in that, you want to be in the conversation, you know, when yeah. the Beatles were writing Norwegian wood, they wanted to be in the same conversation as Bob Dylan. So they wrote a song that's flavored like Bob Dylan. When they wrote back in the USSR, they wanted to compete with the Beach Boys, you know, and so they wrote something that was flavored like the Beach Boys. They weren't sitting back and going, well, that's not real rock music today. You know, I mean, no, mm -hmm. they want to be in the conversation and they want to be influenced by the things going on around them. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the Beatles because that leads us to point number two. <laughs> and the Beatles are, are one of the biggest um, offenders in this, in this regard. I don't know how many people I have had come play me songs and I'll be, I'll go, you love the Beatles, right? <laughs> like, how'd you know? I'm like, well, because this sounds like what would be on the next record they did. You know, it doesn't sound like what's going on in pop or country right? or anywhere. It sounds like you're trying to copy a Beatles record. So I think a big challenge to all of us can be the music we grew up on. And it's really important, you know, ha having especially, you know, being a little older and having a broader musical history gives you some real advantages if you if you can pick out the good things of that and not get caught in the the rut of I'm just going to rewrite my James Taylor songs I loved or, or my Eagles songs and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think it's really important to look at the music you grew up on, appreciate it, see what elements you could bring maybe into a contemporary context and use those like Clay was talking about a while ago with the, you know, what tools can I get from listening to that? Um, and I've done that some with um, old R and B music. I, I go, Oh, I love that that stuff but let me put it in a contemporary country song 
and then it sounds fresh and different. It doesn't sound like I'm trying to copy an old Motown song. Right. You can't take every element from an old Motown song and then call it, well, this is new pop or this is new country, but you can take a little slice of it and let it flavor what you're doing today. And it becomes interesting. Absolutely. Um, the next one is fresh hit ideas. Uh, one of my mentors, Tom Shapiro, one time I overheard him telling someone, you know, the biggest struggle for me as a hit songwriter is finding a hit idea every day. And his comment was, if I had a hit idea every day, I feel like I could write a hit every day. And I thought, oh, that could be my golden ticket, you know. So I began working, doubling down on my work on ideas so that I could come up with some really creative ideas. And I started using those ideas to get into writing appointments that I probably couldn't have gotten into otherwise because I was feeding what they needed. You know, they I could go to these hit songwriters and go, hey, I've got this idea. Would you write it with me? And very often they said yes. But if I had just called and said, hey, can we write next Tuesday? They probably would have told me no because they needed a reason to write with someone who didn't have anything going on at the time, you know? So I'm working my way into rooms with those ideas. But I think for any songwriter that you get to a point, you know, Clay and I have each written thousands and thousands of songs. So there's days that we're walking into a co-write going, what else is there to say? You know, <laughs> we, we, we've said a lot. And, and so, you know, that, that is a big struggle for all of us is to, you know, stay really fresh and creative with our ideas because you can get so busy writing you're writing all the time and you're not spending any time working on those ideas and bringing something fresh that you're excited about into the right yeah and if you're a new aspiring writer trying to break into the business there's probably nothing more crucial than coming up with an idea that has not been done before when i look at how artists break in with their first big hit record it's usually with a title or an idea that is fresh that that gets people's attention very seldom does somebody break in as a writer or an artist with another baby i love you song like it, it yeah. just just it's i mean we're teaching a course right now marty on songs of the year how to write right. those kind of caliber caliber songs and it was interesting because I had never really focused on those types of songs before and studied, you know, what makes them different and set them apart. And one of the things was they had, by and large, interesting titles that yeah. that weren't, you know, your run of the mill, average, everyday title. And I think that's a huge part of it. So if you're trying to break in to the music business, make sure that when you show up, I would rather you show up with a new title at once a month and write the hell out of it. than show up every day and write three songs a day with average ideas. Yeah. And you're probably not going to write three songs a day with great ideas. No, no. You know? And yeah, I, I think there's a lot of benefit to slow in the role for some, for some songwriters and, really trying to focus on the quality and how high the bar is and all that kind of stuff instead of just focusing on the quantity, you know, and in the beginning you need to write a lot of, a lot of bad songs to get to your good songs and then good songs to get to your great songs. Yeah. Uh, but 
you know, I, th- I think there comes a time when it's it's time for, for every writer to focus on, okay, now I'm going to really try to only write things I'm super excited about and that are super creative. The songs that we studied this week, this past week in our class were Fancy Like and Levitating, both of which are interesting titles, uh, quirky lyrics. And if you study those songs, you can see what we're talking about. And yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing that um, I don't think today you're going to out quantity the market. There's 100,000 songs a day uploaded to Spotify. That's just Spotify, you know. So how are you going to – there was a time, Marty, when we approached it, like let's just write a lot of songs. And there were some benefits to that. But today that that no longer works. You're you're not going to write a ton of songs and, and let the quantity thing work for you anymore because there's just so much quantity out there. So the yeah. only weapon you have to slice into the music business, man, that's pretty corny. The only <laughs> sword you have to slice into the music business and get your slice of pie, that's even worse. Um, well, lightsaber. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Star Wars. Um, your only advantage is going to be the quality and the uniqueness because there, I mean, seriously, slow down the roll and come up with something amazing and you're going to yeah. break in much faster than cranking out another 10 songs this month with average ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next one on my list is getting in a rut. You know, Mark Nessler and I have written for over 20 years every other week. And if we're not careful, we get in a, into writing the same kinds of things. And we write really well together. And I think I'm always happy with them. But we've discovered that we need to continually bring new people into our rights to keep things fresh and to keep from kind of doing the same thing. So we purposely look for people that are going to bring a different flavor some different feels maybe that kind of stuff and it'll get us out you know keep us from being in a rut yeah um the next one is financial stability you know clay and i've both seen songwriters have a big hit they get a bunch of money and they go buy a boat and then they don't get any more (laughs) hits and they've got a boat and that's all they got you know um i've actually had some that that were looking at they might have to live on their boat because they were about to lose everything else so I, I think you need to understand the financial instability part of the music business and plan on it, you know, plan how you're going to do that. If, if you, if you have a big hit, what are you going to do with that money to make yourself stable and able to continue doing it for the, a, a while till the next one comes along? Cause it could be years until the next one comes along or it could be never. So it's just important to, to figure out and plan how you're going to handle financial instability especially if you're a person who's had a job where you got a stable paycheck and you knew how much it was going to be every month uh, the music business is not going to be like that so you have to have a plan if you want to stay in it long term i've seen added that i've seen people that got a cut on a major artist let's just use for instance jason aldean jason aldean cut my song okay so i'm going out and buying a new house before that record even comes out, just because someone told me they were thinking about it being a single and then the record yeah. comes out, not only is your song not the single, 
which that would be bad. Your song may not even be on the album when it comes out. That can happen. So don't count, as you know, we said in the country, don't count your chickens before they hatch. And I think that's, it's so true in the music business that you're on a roller coaster ride. So as much as you can save and, and only spend what you have, I think that will really help you a lot in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some people need a financial advisor to handle it when they get a a good sum of money, that kind of thing. But, you know, it's just important to plan for the long term and to plan to make yourself stable where you can gradually grow your lifestyle if you have more success or you but you can maintain what you're doing now if you if you don't for a while. And then the last one on my list is success itself. You know, Clay and I have both seen people go down in flames because they got too successful too fast or they got successful all of a sudden and they just couldn't handle it. You know, they, they started partying all the time or they got the big head and they ticked a bunch of people in town off or, you know, just all kinds of things can happen if you don't handle success well. So I think it's, it's important to my wife and I like to, when the lottery was a Powerball was 1.2 billion or 2 billion, I guess it got to, we, we were like, okay, what are we going to do when we win? <laughs> and, and we, you know, we're making a plan, but I think it's important to kind of have those discussions uh, with your partner or just thinking through yourself of like, okay, if I got a big check from a song, what would I do with that money? And, you know, how could I set myself up to, to be able to be a songwriter long-term and not have to, you know, pinch pennies and, eat ramen noodle soup or like our friend Chris Wallen did eat a thawed out McDonald's hamburger every day or for every meal, you know, just some planning uh, can help you on the money side, but also just on how you're going to handle success and, and keeping your, you know, staying humble, uh, realizing that nobody's success is forever. You know, nobody's going to be on top of the mountain forever. So, you have to plan on, I'm, I'm going to be down at the bottom of the mountain again sometime. So yeah. I need to be humble and, and uh, you know, just keep my head down and do the work and not let success uh, start making me think I'm better than I am or better than everybody else. Yeah, mostly I find that people that are in the business the longest tend to be pretty humble and easy to get along with. The jerks seem to come and go pretty quickly, you know. Yeah, they they weed themselves out. Yeah. (laughs) Natural selection, I think. (laughs) Yeah. All right, everybody. I hope that was helpful. I hope we've given you some things to think through whatever stage you're at. You know, just if it's a planning for success, I think that's important. Or if you're kind of in the middle of it and you have some good things happening, just getting ahead of all of those things and keeping them top of mind can really help you stay successful long term. Check out our show notes. uh, Check out. Uh, Sweetwater Gear, uh, got information about them. They they are our sponsor, and we appreciate them greatly. And we will see you next time. Right on. Hey, everybody, I wanted to add one thing. If you might have noticed the last few episodes, we haven't had a song. That's because we haven't had as many songs submitted. We have to have, um, the songs have to be a certain sound quality and a certain mix for it to work and sound right on the podcast. So sometimes uh, songs that are submitted don't make it onto the show, uh, but we would love to hear songs. Uh, if you want to send us a song for the podcast, send it to podcast at songtown.com. 
And be sure to include that you've checked with all your co-writers and publishers if they're involved and that they're okay with it. And um, be sure to list all the writers on the song as well. So we need the MP3, uh, permission from all the writers and publishers, and the names of all the writers. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.